one time it was in the middle of the night and at the same exact time covers and all we got thrown out of our bed onto the floor and my we just started screaming and crying for mom and dad dad just came running in and yeah just said just everything was on the floor we were just at the same time just got dragged straight from our bed welcome to the spirit sisters podcast My name is Karina Machado, and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound, and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of ghostly visitors, near-death experiences, premonitions, hauntings, and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary women reveal their extraordinary encounters. Hi everyone from a suitably grey and rainy Sydney. The perfect day, it seems to me, to launch the first in our special series of Haunted House-themed episodes of Spirit Sisters, the podcast, which I'll be airing in the lead-up to Halloween. Some excitement has built around these episodes, which I'm thinking of as fireside chats. So the idea is that it's me and my guest around a virtual fireside, if you like, and I'm hearing their spooky story for the first time, just like you. So yes, this is Spirit Sisters, but kind of in the raw, which I think enhances the atmosphere. There's nothing like hearing a ghost story for the first time, after all. My guest today is Ben Atkins. Ben lives with his wife in South Australia, where he works as a manager in the wholesale electrical industry. Ben and his family moved from the US to Mount Gambia in 2009 when he was 16, as you'll pick up from his accent. The story Ben is about to share revolves around his beautiful but oh-so-eerie childhood home in Pennsylvania, just a few minutes' drive from Gettysburg, the site of an 1863 battle which marked a turning point in the US Civil War. Up to 51,000 soldiers from both the Union and Confederate sides are estimated to have died in this bloody Battle of Gettysburg. Ben's family home was literally built on blood-soaked land. Now, before I turn over to Ben to tell his story, I want to point out that he mentions an artwork which drew the attention of the spirits in the home. So during the interview, Ben couldn't remember or didn't know what it was that the artwork depicted, but he's since found out for me. It was an image of Jesus on the cross. Now, here is Ben Atkins with the first in our Haunted House series, for Halloween. Enjoy the chills. Hi Ben, welcome to the special Haunted House series of the Spirit Sisters podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to hear your story and as I mentioned to you a little bit before I pressed record, this is kind of a raw episode or a raw series so unscripted, I've not heard anything about your story before so I'm going to be in the same boat as the audience which I quite love that idea. And I'm just going to be hearing your story at the same time as the audience does. So I'm so excited about that. No worries. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited to tell you my story. 
that's great. So the idea is that it's, you know, we're, we're pretending that it's cold in Australia, that it's fall, as you would call it. And <laughs> we've got some pumpkin lattes or whatever it is that we're, <laughs> that we're drinking. Yeah. And you're about to tell me your haunted house story. Go for it. Um, all right. So when I was, uh, I, basically the house that I grew up in was just 12 minutes drive from Gettysburg in Pennsylvania where obviously one of the uh, largest battles of the Civil War took place. Um, I lived in the house until I was five years old, but my parents uh, had the house for eight years. And during my childhood, obviously lots of, lots of uh, different paranormal activity took place. And I've got a few things written down just, that I can recall from my childhood and speaking to my parents as well. Basically the house was built on three acres and it's just off of a, now what is a highway that runs along there from uh, York, Pennsylvania to Gettysburg and then through to uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Obviously, as I described with the civil war, there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of paranormal activity that takes place in Gettysburg. Unfortunately, one of our houses was one of the ones. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might might look at it as fortunate, but basically the house was built in 1929. Growing up there was, I don't remember a whole lot of it as a child because I was only young, but my parents, as described, the attic was always full of flies. If my dad would go up there, there was just millions of flies all over the place, all over the windows. And there would always be this real egg smell, which has always been a sign of some type of spirit or paranormal activity that takes place. Well, Ben, Um, I'm a child of the 1970s and you're just describing a scene from the amateurable horror right there. Do you know that? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And the crazy thing is, oh, oh, actually, I'll give you the address um, afterwards, but you can actually have a look at it on Google. It's actually for sale now. The crazy thing is we were the third owners, but since we've moved out, there's been about five or six owners after us and... It's basically on the market every 12 to 18 months, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, the attic, the windows looked exactly like the ones from Amityville Horror, which is kind of funny. (laughs) I was showing my wife the pictures the other day and she was like, oh, wow, that is the creepiest looking house. One night, uh, my parents, they were actually, they were in bed and they had these little figures actually walk into their bedroom and they thought it was my brother and I, cause we were only young at the time. And my mom flicked on the lights and no one was there. And my mom and my dad both saw it at the same time. So my dad just jumped out of bed and ran down the hall and me and my brother, Joe, we were just sound asleep. So they, they just had no idea what to put that up to. Another time my dad had his legs get held down while he was asleep. So he woke up to someone actually holding his legs down, um, which obviously was a quite frightening story. Two of the times that I I can recall for me and for my brother is uh, one time 
it was in the middle of the night and at the same exact time covers and all we got thrown out of our bed onto the floor and my we just started screaming and crying for mom and dad and dad just came running in and yeah just said just everything was on the floor we were just at the same time just got dragged straight from our bed so you remember um, this happening i remember that as a child yeah and how old would you have crazy been? probably four maybe five and the, there's two things that i can remember clear as day living in that house and that's one of them and then the other one we were actually my brother and i were playing down in the basement one night and we were just bouncing a ball like back and forth and then at the exact same time we looked in the corner and there was a confederate soldier standing in the corner full uniform gun like musket and everything but the crazy like i can't, I can't recall what his facial expression was or anything but all I can remember is we both just looked at each other at the same time and we were just like, dad, and we just went running up the, up the steps. And yeah, it was just absolutely just, yeah, what a, a crazy moment. But Wow, that um, is amazing because, well, first of all, it sounds like you saw a full apparition, which in itself is quite a rare thing to see. And yep. what's even rarer is that both you and your brother saw the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, you both saw him. It, it, it is crazy. And the thing is, we even talk about it today, and it's it's a real goosebump moment because yeah. we we were just bouncing a ball back and forth, and then we literally just both seen it and then looked at each other and just started yelling for our parents. And I know that it is notorious for ghosts to reveal themselves to kids and stuff more so than grown ups, but yeah, it was just a a crazy um, experience. Did he look and just like a full-blooded, you know, flesh and blood man standing there or did it look like oh, a, a kind of a shadowy or wispy apparition? It did look like a full, like, human being standing in wow. the corner, which is crazy. And, like, because we were only young, I can only tell you that it was a Confederate soldier and that he was holding his gun and everything, but I can't tell you, like, like I said, I can't tell you what his face looked like or anything, but... Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy experience. The people who lived in the house before us actually had a six-year-old daughter die in the house unexplained, and her name was Sue Ellen. And recently, when I told my parents about this podcast that I was going on, that dad told me about the, the little girl dying. So we actually found her obituary, and she died in 1962 um, at the age of six inside the home. but her uh, cause of death was unexplained. So we're not sure why she died or how she died. She could have been possibly attached to the house or, or yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure entirely, but. But you um, never had an experience with her spirit that, that you I can never recall. did, no. Yeah, no, I don't. But um, your parents saw what you described as the little figures running into their room. Yeah, and they exactly. Those for children. How many did they see? Two, yeah. Two. They saw two, two walking into the room. That's why they thought it was me and my brother, but wow. they turned the lights on. There was nothing there. So, But my brother, so I've got two brothers. My other brother, Luke, who was actually, he's six years older than me. So at the time, we moved out of the house when I was five, but I would have been 
I would have been five. He would have been 11, but his room was just at the top of the steps. And he recalls as a child that he would hear footsteps coming up the steps and he would ask, he would yell out if anyone was there, but no one was there. So he would say he would just hide under the covers because he was scared because he didn't know what was actually coming up the steps. But, but yeah, so that was, uh, I spoke to him about it and he reckons that's probably the only sort of thing that he ever experienced was the footsteps up the stairs. There was also an unexplained picture that fell off the wall, which was, it was one of those where it's got the wire behind it and it actually sits down on the nail and the picture lifted up and fell off. Well, it fell off. My parents didn't physically see it get lifted up or anything, but basically that's the only way for the picture to actually come off the wall is to get lifted up and off. And the nail was still on the wall. So something just didn't like the picture and obviously threw it, threw it off the wall. But do you remember um, what, what it was a picture of? Was it a painting or a photo? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was. I would actually like to know that because my parents have lots of civil war pictures. My dad's a real civil war um, kind of like he loves reading books on the civil war. He loves watching documentaries on the civil war. So um, and he's got a lot of Civil War paintings and pictures in his office and house here. And it'd be interesting if it was actually one of those Civil War pictures, because that might explain we saw a Confederate soldier in our house. And we obviously had uh, Union pictures because we were from the north. So mm. don't know. Could have could have been one of those. I'll have to actually ask him. But Another frightening moment for we had an exchange student come live with us for a while from the Ukraine and her name was Lana. And we actually went to Philadelphia for a weekend as a family and she stayed at home at the house alone. And one night she was actually watching uh, TV and she could hear someone saying, Lana, like, yeah, like in her ear, in her ear, she could hear someone actually saying her name. So she actually called us, uh, called my parents up that night, basically freaking out, which is rightly so. Um, especially being from from a whole other country and then coming to Pennsylvania, she would have been completely losing it. Your story, I love it. It's really right up there with, you know, fodder for Hollywood films, isn't it? You know, with the exchange <laughs> student staying by herself in the house while the family's away. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. And Ben, exactly. before you go on, I should have asked you to do this earlier, but could you describe the house for us? I mean, in Australia, as you would know now, living here for all these years, our homes are very different yeah. to the homes in yeah. the US and we have quite the fascination with American homes. I uh, do a lot of work for a homes magazine in Australia and we just love, you know, the proportions and the spaciousness and, and the beauty of yep. the craftsmanship in, in these kind of just sprawling American, you know, abodes. So tell us a little bit about the house. Describe it for us. Yeah, so it was a, it was a four-bedroom house. Uh, fully brick home. So obviously in Pennsylvania, you get a lot of post-Civil War homes that are full brick, uh, normally have a basement and an attic. Normally the attic would be 
sort of just a small little top space where you could just store some stuff. And then a lot of times the basement, you would have a couple of rooms down in the basement so that you could have a little office or whatever you wanted to have down there. But yeah, it was a brick, brick house, like I said, on three acres. Our basement was pretty scary. One of the, uh, there was a room in there that had a full dirt floor. So half of the basement was cement, but then there was one room that just had a full dirt floor. It was very, mm. very weird. Um, and then the attic was, yeah, like I said, it was full always flies. full of flies and, <laughs> and had a real bad egg smell. So mm. we were not really ever game to sort of go up there. They fully renovated most of the house, whoever's bought it recently which i would say the reason it is on the market so many times is potentially when you're renovating you're stirring up even more spirits so that is a uh, theory yeah yeah so if if they have done the renovations and they've gone oh wow we actually conjured up something more now then mm. let's get out of here so yeah i don't know once once we moved out of pennsylvania we ended up moving down to south carolina in charleston which oddly enough is where the civil war began um in charleston at fort sumter but we ended up building a brand new house <laughs> we didn't want a chance <laughs> buying a uh post-civil war home again and end up having the same same story all over again so take uh, us back to your house you just told us about lana so what happened yep. after she called your parents in in a fluster saying that she somebody was calling her name whispering her name in her ear yeah i can't remember actually what happened after that i'm not sure if we went home or just told her that she had to just ignore it and try and just go on with whatever she was doing but it she was definitely frightened and her sister came out as well later on but we ended up moving out of the home and moved into a house about 40 minutes away in a town called york pennsylvania so she never got to experience it definitely would have been an eye-opener for her for sure oh also with the families who have lived in the home afterwards every single family has actually gotten divorced if if i was to live in a situation where my wife and kids were in danger from a type of spiritual being. I would do anything to get out, whether that would to be like go fully bankrupt, whatever. But I think a lot of times, obviously males want to provide for their family. And I think you see it in movies a lot of times where you have a family who's living in a haunted house and they don't want to leave. Well, the, the kids and the wife want to leave, but the dad's not really seeing it. And he's thinking, oh, like it's just all in your head. Yeah. So the five or six families who've been in the house after us, they've all been divorced because they just couldn't, couldn't hack uh, living in the home and their relationships just fell, uh, fell apart. How do you know that? Um, How do you know that? Have you I, had contact I'm, with them? Okay. My mom told me that. I think, I'm not sure who she found that out from. It might have been some, because I know we still have local relatives in that, in the area. Oh, okay. And, I'm, and I think she might have heard from potentially her uncle or someone that yep. knows the area that that's word on the street. 
Another thing that was weird that happened in the house, well, not in the house, but one time we were, uh, it was Halloween, which is pretty crazy because this podcast is obviously going to come out on Halloween. So this is a good Halloween story, but we went out for dinner one night and when we came home on the back porch, someone sacrificed a black cat and put it on our back porch. And it, the crazy thing is, is it would have had to have been someone who either was just doing it for their own satisfaction or basically someone had a vendetta against us, but you would have had to have driven in and down a street and then into our driveway to actually get to the um, back porch because there was a full white fence around the entire house back then the fence is no longer there these days so you can actually walk straight off the main highway onto the property but yeah so whoever did that someone sacrificed a black cat on halloween um, and put it on our back porch which was horrible so disturbing tell me i'm i'm very conscious of how young you were throughout all this and that you know the memories like I I know myself, I don't remember too much from when I was five or four, let alone yep. four. But so do, do you have a sense of how this event affected your family? What your parents thought seeing that your older brother, he would remember that very clearly if he was there. Yeah. Um, seeing the, the sacrificed cat. Well, or... to see, yes, a, a deceased animal that, and you call it a yeah. sacrifice. So I'm assuming that the manner of its death was was meant to imply such a thing i personally don't don't remember it but my parents just said yeah basically we came home from from a night out and that's what they found they might have tried to hide it from us as Mm. kids and try and not sort of let us come up on the back porch and see it but i could imagine they were probably kind of freaked out because you've got all this stuff going on in the house and then you come home from a night out and then there's a sacrificed cat on the back porch you would have just not known what was going on. So definitely. Yeah. So before we actually moved out, I think it was about a year before we moved out, might've been two years before we moved out. My parents got a uh, pastor to come in and basically pray over the house and like anoint a blessing or whatever onto the, onto the property. After he did that, my mom made it sound like it, it pretty well, I'm not sure if it went away completely, but it really settled down. That yeah, was one thing. Sometimes that, that works and sometimes it doesn't. It seems to depend yeah. on a whole bunch of circumstances and, you know, the yeah. personal situation of everyone that's living in there, you know, because I think it all has an effect, you know, the, yeah. the consciousness of everybody in the home has an effect on, on what's happening as well. Not to say there's yeah. not spirit activity, but it's kind of a, a, co, a co-creation, I've, I've come to yeah. believe slowly. And I'm still trying to understand how it works with haunted houses. But, yeah. yeah. Did you, well, when you saw the soldier, did you, well, I'm assuming you told your dad because you were, both you and your brother were screaming for your dad. Do you remember, or perhaps you've asked him since, what he thinks of that, especially with his fascination with the Civil War era? Yeah, I mean, t- I was actually talking to him yesterday about that because I said to him, what do you think took place on the land prior to the house being built? And he said, well, back in the Civil War, 
when people would die, they would just dig a hole and bury them right there and there and basically just keep going. And he said, for all we know, that land could have been a campsite for um, a group of the military people, like the um, could have been the north or the south. People could have died on that land. And also he was saying that a lot of the people during the war would have traveled from Gettysburg up to Lancaster or to York, which is basically either way from Gettysburg. So he thinks there could have been a potential Confederate soldier that died on the property and just got buried in the, on the property. And that was, that was him showing that he's there. That's a good theory because, you know, there is a theory that says that, if a person passes over in, in very shocking circumstances in the sense that it happens so fast and so suddenly and, that, and if there's somebody who potentially hasn't given much thought to the idea of an afterlife, then perhaps they, they do believe they're still alive. And so they're yeah. sort of in this in-between state and that's where you get you know, mediums helping to cross them over, so to speak, or to show them yeah. the light and their loved ones awaiting them. So it's possible that, that this soldier is a fallen soldier who doesn't actually know that he's wandering in between worlds. Yeah, exactly. And I was talking to dad yesterday and I said to him, um, do you think that the house was like a ghostly present or a demonic present? And he said that when we first moved in and it all started happening, he felt like it could potentially be a demonic present. But then there was just seeing other stuff there might have been two you know sometimes there's ghosts who dabbled in that stuff before they died that can bring demonic presence so it could have been a house that had ghosts in it but also demonic presence in it so mm. well there's not much more demonic than war i reckon and you know and you, you think of those scenes that of of the carnage around Gettysburg around that time. And it, it is like a hell on earth. So in that sense, yeah. it's not too surprising to think that, you know, these awful things like manifestations such as flies and smells, you know, would, would arise in situations yeah. where there's been such devastation, such death and loss. That's, oh, definitely. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it's also interesting what your dad says about, you know, potentially there being more than one spirit there. I mean, you, you mentioned the little girl. Yep. It's um, often that way that some properties or some areas, some locations act as portals in a way. And perhaps there's always, well, let's not say always, there's very often somebody with um, a heightened intuition, heightened psychic ability, whether they know it or not, in the home that is creates kind of the trigger point where these manifestations can come to be so i don't know if either of your parents or or you ben or your brothers would relate to that yeah i i feel like i'm sort of that way now my wife and i love watching haunted movies and just uh anything horror or even we love doing old jail like tours going to old Adelaide jail and did the Melbourne jail and, and you hear they do ghost like night stays and stuff like that. We love that kind of stuff, which is, I guess in a way weird because I experienced it at such a young age and, and it was quite frightening as a kid, but looking at it now, it's, 
really is just how much you sort of want to open it, open yourself up to it and experience it. And yeah, it is very fascinating. It is very fascinating. Yeah. I don't think it's strange at all that you would be fascinated with the topic given your history in, in this, what sounds like quite, quite an amazing property, you know, full of powerful story, this powerful history. And it seems like to me, as you're talking, there's a lot to unlock and uncover there still perhaps. Yeah. um, I would still, I'd love to go back to the house now and actually see it in in the flesh and walk through the house and stuff and just actually experience it all over again. But yeah, it was definitely, definitely a crazy time as a wow. child. So that was when, so you left the house when you were five. How old are you today, Ben, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 28 now. Okay. So all yeah. these years have passed and the home is still standing, which is something Yeah. for your childhood yeah. home to still be around yeah. and, I hope you do get the chance to go back and walk through the hallways again and see what you pick up. Yeah, my uh, my parents, uh, I think it was in 2015, they went back to Lancaster to visit my mum's dad and they drove past the house and saw it and saw that the front fence was no longer there. And you know, I think it was a pretty crazy time for them to sort of just go back and see it again one last time. So it sounds like it's really, the house has really left its mark on, on all of you in some way or another. Yeah, definitely. I'll never forget the Confederate soldier and I'll never forget getting thrown out of my bed while I was sleeping. Um, I definitely, I think it's kudos to my parents for sticking it out for the eight years. Mum said they didn't sort of realise till about two years in the home that funny stuff was going on. And they think mainly because they weren't really in tune with it, but then things started happening and the more they tuned into it, the more, the more and more and more things would happen. So yeah, it's just. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause there's a theory that what we put our attention on grows as well, you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Oh, well, I love your story. Thank you so much for coming on the show to share it, Ben. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been great to have a little slice of American history on our podcast today as we pretend that we're sitting around the fireplace having our pumpkin lattes. It's been really fun. (laughs) Exactly. No, thank you very much for having me. I was was really excited to share my story and get it out and hope everyone who's listening to it will uh, enjoy it. I'm pretty certain they will. Thank you again for coming on the show, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters, the podcast, based on my best-selling book of the same name. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next time for another intriguing conversation exploring mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. I also welcome your feedback, so please message me through my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. Perhaps you have your own encounter to share. If so, I'd love to hear it. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Mm-hmm.